pyramid that's over in the by the entrance that can bring it in. It is time to worship the Lord. Before we get into worship, I want to have Brother Elliot come up and testify. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Glory to God. I just want to share with you guys today, man. God is so good. Uh, I don't have a specific testimony to do to give to you guys, but I just want to testify about my, my my God. He is awesome. He is just faithful to His word. His promises endure forever, and He is worthy of praise. I'm telling you, man, He is so worthy. In the midst of whatever's going on in your life, He is worthy. He's awesome. He inspires all. He is the inspiration in my life to do all the things that I'm doing, to pursue a ministry, to pursue a film and all those things. I'm just telling you guys, man, God is so good. So I have a, a quick scripture verse to share with you guys. It is James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change like shadows. He doesn't change like everything else in the world. And everything that is good comes from him. Every single thing. God is so good. Amen. Let's just quickly uh, go into uh, prayer and then we're going to do worship. Amen. Lord God, you are awesome. You are so good to us, God. Who are we that we would have you as our God? But we, we are in awe of you, God, and we are in love with you, Lord. So today, God, in this, in this time, God, I pray that people would experience you and encounter with you, God. That they would fall in love with the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Lord. Have your way, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. This first song is called In Your Light. And before we sing it, before we play it out, man, did you know that God invites everyone in this place into his light? Amen. It's not for the select few, those who can sing the best or just the band. No, no, no. Everyone in this place, he invites us here. So right now, just, just close our eyes. And God, we, we, we receive you, Lord, this morning. God, in this place, God, when you be lifted high. Come on, in your own words, in your heart. Come on, God, would you be lifted high, God. God, may your light shine in this place, God. In the darkness, God. On everyone in this place. Oh, Lord. Come on, sing in your life. Cause in your life, I find my strength. In your truth, I overcome. In your grace, I lose myself. In your love, you turn my tears of sadness. To such joy and gladness, my heart can't keep it. I'm shouting, I'm shouting. You turn my tears of sadness into such joy. My heart, shouting. Come on, sing in your joy. In your joy, I find my strength. 
And in your hope is I overcome. Come on, sing it in your grace. In your grace is I lose myself. For in your love, hey! you turn my tears of sadness into such joy. My heart pain I'm shouting, shouting. You turn my A shout of praise. Let me sing this part. Whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, 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 Thank you for your Holy Spirit and your presence, God. Come on, some of you guys were here last week, and we talked about the Holy Spirit and life in the Spirit. And how many of you guys know that that continues this week? Amen. Come on, God did amazing things for us last week, and it's all for his glory. So let's just get on that same level that God is on right now. He wants us to continue in that life, to continue to pursue him. Come on right now, everybody in this place. Lord, we pursue you. God, just because we had a conference last week and it was easy to worship you because that's what everybody was doing, God, we, we say this morning, God, 
with our lives, with our words, with our voices. God, we lift you up right now. Come on. Mercy for us. Mercy that falls from your heart down on Glory that streams from your face so loud. Come sing again. Sing mercy falls. Mercy. Falls from your heart down on me. Glory, glory, it streams from your face so lovely. Come on, a million words. A million words could not describe how marvelous your perfect light. And I adore you And I will sing it with all my heart And I adore you I love everything you are You are Oh, that my heart That my heart Peace to the rhythm of your love. Come on, church, to my eyes. Let my eyes and focus on your beautiful. A million tongues, a million tongues could not express how beautiful your holiness. I adore you. I'll sing it with all my heart And I adore you And I love everything you are And I adore you And I will sing it with all my heart And I adore you We'll sing it again. That my heart, that my heart, it beats to the rhythm. When I start this out here this morning, that my eyes focus on your beautiful eyes. Sing it again. That my heart, that my heart.
your power fill this place with your presence God we're not going anywhere oh not my say sweet presence Lord sweet presence of God Spirit, we give you time in this place to come interrupt our agenda. God, we give you time in this place, Lord, to interrupt our plans, interrupt what we have, God. 
Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us right now. Come and fill your people, Lord. What am I saying? Fill us up with your spirit. Fill us up with your word. What am I saying? to fill you up. Come on and lift your hands. Lift your hands. Oh, he's so willing to fill you up. Come fill us up, oh God. Fill me up. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Fill me Sing love of God, love of God, overflow, perfect, oh my soul. Overflow 
love of God, love of God, love of God. If you're dry and thirsty in this place, come on, you know you come here to see and meet the Lord. Come on, anybody thirsty in this place? Fill us up, Lord. Fill me up. Fill my spirit up with yours. Jesus, I 
that greater love you sing about this morning can be real in your heart, can be real in your life every day of the week for the rest of your life. Come on. You can find it in Jesus this morning. I just hear the Lord saying, his love is greater. His love is greater. He's not against you. He is for you, which is why he made a way for you. His word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's the love that motivates him. It's the love after you, after your heart. You are not a mistake this morning. You are not here by chance or by accident. God placed you here this morning to hear about his great love that he has for you. Come on, I bind the lies of Satan over your life, telling you that you're not worth it all. You are. You were worth Jesus Christ dying for you. And he would do it all over again if it was just for the one. As we sing the song one more time, I want you to meditate on those scriptures. It's his love. It's a greater love. There's no love on this earth that can compare to you. A love of a mother, a love of a father, a child, a friend, a companion. It doesn't compare to the love of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who knows you by name. Let's sing this song one more time and you meditate on this greater love. Cause I found a love greater than life itself. I found a hope stronger and nothing compares. I once was lost, but now I'm alive in you. Sing, I found a love. I found a love greater than life itself. I found a hope stronger and nothing compares. I once was lost, but now I'm alive in you. was lost but now I'm alive in you Hallelujah God we thank you for life we thank you for eternal life we thank you for mercy and grace we thank you for your forgiveness God you don't hold it against us we thank you for love your unconditional love dear God for us I pray, dear God, that this morning hearts would receive your word, that those who've been running from the call on their lives would surrender completely to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory and honor this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Come on, give them praise this morning. Amen and amen. Why don't you guys just take a seat? Welcome to Metro Praise. Welcome to Metro Praise International. My name is Pastor Griselda. Good to have you guys here. Who's excited for what God is doing? I would like to take this moment to dismiss all the children. Your teacher is right over there in the back with you. Amen.
Amen. Everybody else, please open up your Bibles with me to Romans 3, 22 through 25. Hallelujah. Who wants to be righteous before God? Who wants to be in good standing with him? Come on, I do. You want to be able to come to him, talk to him, knowing that there's nothing between the two of you. But how do we gain that righteousness? Do we earn it? Just by coming to church, being a good person? Absolutely not. If it were that easy, Jesus died for nothing. But here, Romans 3, 22 through 25 says, This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Everybody say, by faith. It says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Can you think of any time in your life where you know you've sinned against God? That sin stands against you. You can't be righteous just because you're a Jew or a Gentile, just because you're born into a family that has believers. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Amen. This morning, if you have not put your faith in that work that Jesus did for you on that cross, you don't stand righteous before God. You don't have the privilege of being called a son or a daughter of God because you have not been made righteous. You stand unrighteous before a holy God. But this morning, if you put your faith in Jesus, come on, he takes your unrighteousness. He takes your dirt and your filth and he covers you with his righteousness. Amen? At some point in my life, I didn't live right for God. I rejected God and I said to myself, how could I say that there is only one way? How could I think to myself, I'm going to tell my friend over here that Jesus is the only way. And I rejected God in my heart. In some way, I was ashamed to say that he was the only way. But I chose my sin and I chose a life of partying and boyfriends and, and friends. And I didn't want anything to do with God. But he knocked on my door and he used many people to preach the gospel to me. But it was my choice. He left it up to me. He spoke to my heart. He gave me opportunities to hear the gospel being preached until one day I surrendered my life to Christ. And you can do the same. Six years later, I stand before you, washed clean in good standing with God because of Jesus Christ and his grace. If it wasn't for him, I'd be on my way to hell this morning. I urge you to come under the covering of Jesus Christ. I plead with you to come under Jesus this morning. Tomorrow is not promised. And as I was saying before, you're not here by accident. God is knocking at the door of your heart and saying, let me come in. Amen. I want to pray with those this morning who would like to accept Christ into their heart. We're going to have some prayer workers over here, Monique and Chris, who want to pray with you. But today is a day of salvation. Amen. If you are a person who is a believer in this room and you're saying, I've surrendered, I'm righteous before God, God is calling you to be a disciple. God is calling you to impact lives of those people around you, to not hold on to the truth, but share it with all those and not be ashamed of him. Amen. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we come before you now in Jesus' name, and I lift up all those in this room who have not received the gospel, who have not put their faith in you. I pray, dear God, that today salvation would take place, that their lives, Father, would be changed never to be the same again. I pray against any hindrances, any excuse of the enemy in the name of Jesus, and I pray that disciples would arise, men and women who would lay down their lives for you as you've laid down your life for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, if you want to pray this morning, they're here with you. Now, if you guys can all please stand to your feet with me. We are going to recite our confession of faith. If you would like a copy of these, please raise your hand and our ushers will hand you one. Our confession of faith is our Christian worldview. We believe that these following statements apply to the entire world. Amen. On the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus, the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Come on, give them glory. Amen. I want to invite you to take these next few minutes to fellowship. If you need prayer, please see our workers right over here.
this morning. Give somebody a high five as you make your way back to your seat. How many of you guys excited to be at Metro Praise International this morning? Make some noise. Welcome, welcome. My name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And we are so pumped about what, a, what God is doing in our midst and in your lives. Um, our services here at MPI are every Sundays at 10 a.m. And every Friday at 7 p.m. we have our youth group, Elevate. And we just have an awesome time with the teenagers. Pastor Adam's blowing it up and school is starting. So if you know any high schoolers, any teenagers, bring them on by or let them know that we are meeting here because we want to pack this place out with young people that need to hear about Jesus. Amen. If you're a first-time visitor here, we would like to welcome you. If you have not received this brochure, our ushers will happily hand one to you. If you could sign the bottom and just put it in the drop box, we would love to connect with you throughout the week. Our vision here is very simple. It's loving God and loving people. It's the two greatest commandments Jesus gave to us, and we strive to do that with all of our heart. Our discipleship strategy is threefold. We want to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to the cross through our life groups. Everybody say life groups. If you have not found one to belong to, please find one. It's on the back of your handout sheet for your note-taking. They're separated into four different sections, ministry-based, class-based, special needs-based, activity-based. We have a lot going on throughout the week, every month. Find a place to belong because we are a church of disciples that what? Share life together. Amen. So find a place to belong. Our leaders are opening up their homes and their lives to you to share Jesus with you. Amen. And then we want to mentor you with the cross. We want to get into your life and keep you accountable. We have leaders that are ready to do that with a 101 book and the 201 book. It's our first phase of discipleship is 101, first steps to your spiritual growth, where our leaders are going to take you through it one-on-one, and then you graduate to the next level, the 201 class, every Sunday morning when we teach you how to be a leader. Because we believe that every believer should be a leader. Amen. If you are believing, you're walking for God, and you're living for Jesus, God wants to raise you up to be a leader in this generation. If you agree, say amen. And then we want to send you out with evangelism to teach you how to uh, street witness and tell others about Christ and your jobs and in your families. And then our goal is to have 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 across the world. If you believe we could do that by God's grace, say amen. Amen. Praise God. God is good. At this time, we're going to prepare to receive our tithes and offering. If you could please turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs 28, 27. Proverbs 28, 27. Here at Metro Praise, we believe that a tithe is 10% of your total income. And everything after that is an offering, an amount between you and the Lord that goes to either missions or our building fund. And that is how God has structured the church to be able to take care of the needs of the people that work here, the pastors, and the needs of the people and the hurting around us. Amen? Proverbs 28, 27. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. Say, lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. God is very serious about us taking care of the poor. And we believe here at MPI that if everybody does their part with tithe and offerings, the building here gets taken care of, bills get paid, pastors get paid, and then we can do, continue to do our outreaches to reach the poor and the hurting. Because the Bible says when we give to the Lord, when we give to the poor, we lend to the Lord. And so when we read this scripture verse, we have to understand that we will lack nothing when we give what we have in our hand and trust that God holds our family, our concerns, our 
troubles in his hands, that he's going to meet our need according to his glorious riches. So we encourage those who have been tithing, continue to tithe, trust that God is going to break through in the area of finances for your life. Because when we let go of what's in hands, in our hands, God can give what's in his hand. Amen? Stand up to your feet with me, please, as we prepare to pray and come forward to give. Let's read this together, Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. You are an awesome God. And I lift up this church before you. I pray that you would continue to meet our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I thank you for all the tithers and the givers in this place. Continue to open doors for them. Close doors that need to be closed. Provide for their needs. Meet their needs, God. As they put you first, let them experience your goodness and your faithfulness. I pray, Lord God, that our budget this month will be met so that we can continue to do outreaches and give to the poor and do all that we do for free to the glory and honor of your name. I pray that you would bless businesses in this place, businesswomen and businessmen, God. I pray for increase on jobs and raises for those that are employed, for those that are looking for employment. Open doors for them, God, so that your church, your people can be blessed, can be um, a blessing to be a blessing to others, God. Be blessed to be a blessing. And I pray that everything that comes through our fingers we will be faithful and ready to honor you with it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come forward as you give this morning. Amen, amen. I want to do something real quick. Uh, I want to pray for one of our college students that's so special to us that's going to be going away to U of I there in Urbana, Champaign, Illinois. Can we get it for uh, Jeremiah as he comes forward? Come on. These are all of his buddies here. Jeremiah, we love you, man. We're so proud of you. You have done just an amazing uh, thing for God here, giving basically your whole high school to the Lord. Uh, is that when you became a Christian, was a freshman? Yeah. I uh, got evangelized by Adolfo and, and, and Davi. Amen. So some guys evangelized to you. You gave your heart to Jesus as a freshman. He served God for his entire high school career, and now he's going to U of I, Champagne, uh, Urbana, Champana. Um, and uh, what are you going for? What's going to be your major? Um, it's Generally, I'm doing um, general studies first. Because I want to be a psychology, math teacher, or uh, engineer. Oh, uh, okay. Math, engineer, or psychology. So we got to pray for good direction. Now, um, my family went there, and both uh, three of, of my cousins got PhDs in engineering there. And they say it's one of the best colleges to get that from. You know that probably. Uh, man, just summarize for us. Encourage some of the young people that are sitting here, you know. And uh, just tell us what you got out of the four years you were here. And um, 
just tell us what you want to see God do in your life now going to college so that we can pray for you while you're gone. Um, basically, there's, it, was, it was rocky at first. I mean, because uh, I was dealing with a lot of issues in high school and everything. All these influences that are all over my life during high school. And so I had to get away from that. And uh, Metro Praise was the one that was my, my real home. Because uh, all my friends were dealing with drugs, sex, every, anything bad. It, it's, it's terrible. So um, I had to rely on the youths here for, you know, support. And so I got a lot, of, a lot out of it. They, they gave me so much love, so much, like, compassion. And that, that's the first thing I noticed when I came to the youth group here. They give you a lot of, like, just you, you just feel comfortable. Like, this is your home. Cause it's been my home for, like, four years now, and I, I lo love it here. And so like, it, it's really sad for me to go because, man, four years, that's, that's a long time. And, and to be here for four years, you just get affected by all the good things in here. So uh, I, I took a lot of things away from here. I took the, the compassion. I learned compassion. I learned responsibility. I got rebuked a lot of times. Accept <laughs> 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 your rebukes because, you know, because you learn from your rebukes. So it's good. And so um, I took a lot of responsibility, love, compassion, all the things that, that my knowledge on the Bible, the word, how to defend my faith, how to, to uh, keep my flame on fire for God. And there's just so many things going on for me, so it's good. And then U of I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna join Pastor G. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, oh yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's one of Pastor Joe's mentors, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making sure. <laughs> so like, yeah, that'll be exciting, and uh, it's to be good. Amen. Yeah, man. Uh, we just hope he still likes us after he comes back from Papa G. That's what I call him, Papa G. He is the prince of preachers. He is a mentor to hundreds of us young men. He actually married Nancy and I. So you're not just going to any old church. You're going to probably what I would say is one of the top five churches in the nation. Just from my experience. Yeah, my experience. I can only speak from that. And I think you'll love it that much. I mean, you're talking, they, they do missions. Uh, they go into the inner city. Their church is just as multicultural as ours. They have literally a congregation from Africa in their church, a congregation from Latin America, and then all of the English-speaking college students that come from all over the world, you know, in U of I, go there. Very successful church. Pastor Adam, would you come, please, uh, in congregation, would you remember to keep him in your prayers because the challenge that he'll face away from home is going to be great, and uh, he's also going to hear a lot of things that's against our faith. You know, colleges right now are trying to come against the Christian faith. They, they surveyed college professors, and the one view that they to tolerate the least Zionism, Islam, and Christianity. They asked them this: this three religions. Which is the one, as a college professor, that you just feel you have to talk against? You have to correct mindsets in the class. And the number one, by far, over sixty percent of the college professors said we dislike the Christian mindset. It is the one we have to deal with and come against and correct. The Muslim, the Jew, not so much. It's the Christian we don't like. Now that's one way of. of a testimony to us because we're light and darkness. You go into a movie theater, it's dark. You turn on the light, everybody goes, woo, they don't like it. But that's going to 
affect him. So we need to pray for him. Amen. Young man, would you just come stand in front of me? Congregation, would you close your eyes and just uh, uh, put your hands forward towards him right now? Adam, would you get his back? And brother, just lift up your hands with me right now. Father, we thank you today for brother Jeremiah. We pray, Lord, that you will keep him over there, God, that he will be a mighty testimony for you, that he will live all the days of his life for you, God, in this wonderful school, God, that he will win more souls to you, Lord, that you'll give him direction for his future, maybe even possibly a wife, God, a career. And we pray that at this church, God, he'll feel right at home, that there'll be no awkwardness, God, that the college group that meets on the quad there would bring him into the Bible studies, that they would start to mentor him and pour into him, and he would continue to be a leader there as well. In your precious name, we bless him in your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you, man. Be radical. Come on. And uh, hopefully we'll get out there and preach the gospel on the streets of U of I. I love it. I've been there about eight times. It's one of my favorite places to preach, honestly, at the college campus out there because I love talking to those professors. I love to get it on. I remember talking to a biology uh, PhD who also was working as a professor, and just the simple teachings of the Bible disproved his evolutionary thought. And uh, right now, if you want a good video on YouTube for that, because a lot of it has to do with evolution and a belief in creationism, Ray Comfort just came out with a video called Evolution versus God. Splendid 28 minutes will bless your life. Hey, I want you to know that this series we're in right now is the Discover Your Life series, and we got devotions to go with this every day online, so uh, Andrew's going to put them up here for you. At lifechangingdevotions.com, you can go every day and receive a devotion on the subject of the month, and this month's subject is discovering your purpose in life, and look at what today's is right here. If you could just scroll down a little bit for us, brother. Here's today's question, ver uh, 18, so we can see it. What is God's order for the family? How many think it's pretty important to raise your family like Christ to do the right thing. Well, today there is a devotion for you waiting to do that. And if you go right here to the subscribe email, it will go directly to your email every single day, 365 days a week. When I finish writing it, I'll have it in book form, 365. And then I'm also going to print 12 small books in 30 day series. And if you could go there as well, because every month I tackle a series. And so this month, and it corresponds with our preaching for this year. I thought that would be exciting. This month is the Discover Your Purpose in Life series, and you can see the ones that we've already tackled. Go all the way down here to the bottom. These are the previous ones, and uh, like I said, they're going to be published in a book form, so 30 days for a new life, 30 days for Proverbs, 30 days for prayer. These are all the ones we've changed, uh, already done, and here's the one, 30 days for discovering a life of purpose. Ask yourself if you know someone or yourself personally who could benefit from this. Does God exist? That was day one. Day two, who is God? Going on down. The next one, how does God want to speak to me? Who am I? Why am I here? What happens after I die? Jeremiah, when we get these books published, you can give these out at the college campus. Wouldn't that be awesome? These are things people need to know. Why does God allow evil in the world? What's the Trinity? What are the two greatest commands? Why does it mean to be a child of God? And just keep on going. These are all the days this month we've already done. What's the purpose for sex? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And how do I know who God wants me to marry? And what's God's order for the family? So would you do me a favor? Grow in your knowledge of the Bible. Because as a pastor, it's so much easier to pastor you when you know your Bible.
If you don't know your Bible, and the only Bible you get from me is one day a week, it's hard to pastor you. It's hard for me to give you what you need to know because you're not feeding yourself. Imagine if one day a week you only came and uh, ate, and that's just like right here, and then maybe I cut up the food for you and I put it in your mouth, and maybe I made airplane airplane noise. You would say, Pastor, come on, I'm not a baby. I can feed myself. But why is it when people come to church, come on, somebody, they want the pastor to cut it up bite sizes keep me here for only 20 more minutes because I got to get back out to the beach y'all listening to me you got to put in some work into this thing when you come here you know what I should be doing is summarizing everything I talked about these seven days so what we last time I saw you was the 11th so day 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 I should be like bam let's talk about it today are y'all with me look at your neighbor and say work the word because it will work for you Amen. I think you kind of believe it. Let's say it again if you really mean it. Say, work the word, and it will work for you. Amen. Today's sermon notes can be found online as well. We're talking about God and sex. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of Mark. We're going to be putting the notes up here for you as well. We're a church that makes disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And that is, our, that is our mission, and it starts here today on Sunday morning service. Mark 10, verses 6 through 9 is our passage today. And before I even read the passage, I want to give an introduction because I'm talking today. The, the, the sermon title is God and Sex. God and Sex. And I want to let you know this is the first sermon in over 15 years of ministry that I've ever preached uh, explicitly on sex. It's the only time I've ever done it. A lot of my friends who are hipster uh, church planners have preached on this subject as a way of kind of drawing in the crowd. And I don't have anything against people using these uh, uh, techniques, but this is just not the way I am. You know this about me. We're, we don't build our church on hype. We build it on evangelizing, discipling, and sending out connect, mentor, send. Can I get an amen for that? We're just here loving God, loving people. That's our purpose. We're making disciples. I'm not here to bribe you to church. That's not what I'm here to do. And so a lot of times when I've seen my friends, you know, do their sermons, sex God, you know, sex God, and then you come and you learn about the God who made sex. You know, it almost sounds like a pagan thing. Or uh, other, other things that I'll see my my friends, you know, with sermon titles, you know, bringing the sexy back. And so young adults will come and say, oh, Jesus is bringing the sexy back. You know, I want to learn how to be sexy for Jesus. Here's the reason why I've never done that. Because, you know, young adults, they laugh and giggle. Look at you two guys would like that message. But here's the reason why I don't want to do that kind of message is because of today's sermon. Now, brothers, just scroll through these notes as I'm talking. I invested multiple hours, hours. You have over 17 references, over 30 stats, and over 20 scriptures just to discuss what it is to have God and sex, that God, sexuality, sexuality with God. He's still scrolling. Are you guys tracking with me? Because this is not a joke to me. This is not uh, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you some jokes, make you laugh, and think about sexuality as a joke. As I go through this message today, the subtitle could very easily be God healing broken people because of broken sexuality. God has to heal so many in this church because they are broken. And the reason why you're broken, so many of you here, is because your sexuality has been broken. 
either by what somebody did to you and you being brought up in a sexually broken home or by what you have done to yourself. But sexual brokenness has not... We all agree on the basic premises. When our missionaries trap in this building, I would dare to say with the research I'll show you today, I believe it is one of the two greatest causes of every turmoil we have in this world today. And I would say the only other one that is the manifestation of rejecting God, because obviously rejecting God is the greatest uh, problem we face, but the love of money, I believe, causes the most problems. The, G, uh, the Bible says it's the root of all evil. Jesus said you can't serve God in money, but I believe after money comes sex. And I want you to hear this message today. So I just wanted to ask you to be patient with me. I know many of you like my sense of humor. We're, uh, you know, a young, thriving church today. Uh, you know, normally that's how we are. But today I'm going to preach like I'm old school. I'm preaching like I'm a 50-year-old man grandparent. That's how I'm going to preach today because I believe these values have been forgotten in our generation. And I don't believe I need to tell you jokes. I don't need to have a catchy sermon title, bring the sexy back. I need to wake some of you up today. And for others that are already saying them to themselves, no, this, this is not for me. This is not for me. You have got to understand this is for you. And, and this is part of the introduction. Let me just tell you how this is for you because I know it's for me. I know it's for me. A pastor in Indiana who runs all the buses, First Baptist, Baptist, uh, Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, just got sentenced for 12 years. Anybody ever seen the Baptist Church with the yellow buses going up and down the roads? Anybody know about the Baptist Church in Indiana everybody goes to? Everybody hear about that? 12 years in prison. Why? He had an affair with a 16-year-old girl, and he brought her across state lines into Illinois, where our age of consent is different than the age of Indiana. Either way, he cheated on his wife, he destroyed his church, and he's in jail. That just gives you a taste. So I know if it's for the pastor, I know it's for you. I know it's for you, and I want you to hear my heart today. I'm going to give you the end at the beginning. God can heal us. God can heal you. God can heal sexuality. God can heal brokenness. We're going to talk about homosexuality. We're going to talk about adultery. We're going to talk about pornography. We're going to talk about sex before marriage. We're going to talk about it all today, and I guarantee you it will affect you. You will not walk out if you're going, I'm above this. Not one person. As a matter of fact, I'm getting ahead of myself. One of the highest rates of divorce is with people 60 years and older right now in America. Why? Because they're discovering Viagra. They're discovering that they did it the traditional way, and they're watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and they're saying, hey, I, I took the wrong path. I want to get back out there. Over 60 is skyrocketing in divorce. You're going to be shocked today. Are you all ready for the Bible? Say, I'm ready. Mark 10, 6 through 9, Jesus speaking, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. What did he make them? What? Male and female. Thank you. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become what? One flesh. They will no longer be two, but what? One flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. These verses right here is the foundation for everything sexual in the Bible. This is it. As a matter of fact, you could reduce it to just the one verse in verse 7, uh, or excuse me, in verse 6. For this reason, he made them male and female. In the beginning, God made them male and female. The entire answer to the sexual brokenness of this nation is one verse in our Bible. 
He tells us how he wants to do it. And you go back to Genesis. This is quoting Genesis chapter 1. This is the beginning. In the beginning when he created them, he created them male and female. For this to be the foundation of our families, male, female, one husband, one wife in a committed marriage. Now, everything I show you today, all of these stats, before I get back into the message, I've got four parts of this message, the introduction, you're hearing it right now, the stats, then I've got to rebuke to our sin, and then lastly, God's healing and hope for this nation and its sexuality. Are you guys tracking with me? So here's the introduction. I want to be very clear with you. It's not complicated. We don't need to have a debate over it. We don't need a same-sex uh, intervention in our church where we have to now be coached and counseled on how to accept same-sex marriages and start ordaining homosexuals. We don't need to start giving multiple permissions to our leaders to have affairs and look at pornography. We don't have to try to do cleanup. All we have to do is just follow this one verse right there, male and female. If you're not married to a woman or a man to a woman, don't have sex. That's it. It's that simple. And when you are married, you remain committed to that person. It's that simple. Now, before I even get into this, before I even get into all the stats, I think the overwhelming number of stats that I have and how bad the problem has gotten may shock some of you. But just right now, before I even get into the sermon, just reading the scripture, here's the answer for the, the sexuality of our nation, of our, our, you know, the, all of creation, but specifically for America. Here's the answer. One man, one woman in marriage. Do you think America's been doing that? Now, do you think we've been getting better since the 50s, or do you think we've get, been getting worse? So the last 50 years, do you think it's been getting better or worse? In the last 25 years since the 70s, do you think it's gotten better or worse? Okay, so you already know it, don't you? Like, I don't even have to give you all these stats. You already know. You already know something is wrong. You already sense it in your life or the people around you. But so that we can have wisdom, let us go through them. And like I said, the word's going to come at the end. I have about 20 scriptures to give you. But based on that verse, I want to share with you how we've already broken it. 6% of teens have sex by the age of 15, 30% by 16, and 48% uh, uh, by 17, 61% by 18, and 71% by 19 years old. That means in our culture, people are losing their, gener uh, their uh, virginity somewhere between 17 and 19 years old. Already we have set the pattern that we're not waiting to have uh, married to have sex. So if you have the majority of our young people having sex right now before they're adults, do you not see that being a problem? Do you not see that everything now is going to start going downhill? Our marriages are going to go downhill. We're going to see uh, abortions begin to increase because they can't take care of the children. We're going to see more divorces. Are you guys tracking with me? So right here, the average age people are losing it is somewhere around their senior year or first year of college. Now let's look at sexually transmitted diseases and sexually transmitted uh, infections. More than half of all people in America will have an STD or an STI. Think about that. This is how terrible this is. You don't see this on MTV, and you don't see it on the Real Housewives of Orange County. Orange County. But right now, one out of two sexually active Americans will get an STI or an STD. Guess what? I had one of each. I was sexually active from 15 to 18 years old, and I had a sexual transmitted disease, crabs, that I had to get taken care of as a young man, and I had an infection that remained dormant in my body that didn't come out till 10 years later when my wife and I were married 
and I had to be uh, cured of that and then get tested for all the other STDs. You want to talk about being a preacher that's nervous. I was a pastor for over 10 years sitting in an STD clinic on Halstead wondering what else did I get from my years of being crazy. Are you all listening to me? It just got real, real quick. One out of four teens, one, two, three, four, will get an STD or an STI. If they don't listen to what I'm telling them right now, one out of four of them will get one. Y'all ain't even hearing me today. If they don't change and live like Christ, obey that verse, get married, stay with one spouse, one out of four teens will get one. As a matter of fact, they say that it's so prevalent right now for those that are sexually active because it's getting worse the Center for Disease. Now, by the way, this isn't uh, ChristianityWebsite.com. If you see the one for number three, it's CDC.gov, CenterForDiseaseControl.gov. Are you guys tracking with me? This is not some over, uh, you, know, pa you know, pastor trying to overemphasize a point. Go to the Center for Disease and see the facts yourself. That's why I have numbered every one of these resources. Teenagers. One out of two of you will get it by the time you're 25. I had it by the time I was 18 years old. I talked to a young man. He's already had four. The reason why your friends aren't talking about it is because they're liars. And the reason why the music industry is not talking about it is because they're liars. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. You live sexually perverted, you will pay a price. God did not intend us to live like animals. And what happens is, is when the school system tells us we evolved from monkeys and we're animals, and then the, you know, the, the idea is we're just evolved animals, then why should we see it as a surprise when people have sex like animals? Why should we see it as a surprise when they're violent like animals? If we keep teaching our children they're animals, why are we going to be surprised when they act like animals? Is anybody listening to me? I'm preaching whether you're shouting, but it's okay. And amen would help me out. Here's some pornography stats, you know, because right now, uh, you know, first of all, let me just say this. When, when I come and preach in the church like this on Sundays, I need to dismiss. We will pray for you today. Pray wherever you're at and come here today. Father, we ask you to forgive us and to change us and to help us to live it as we go our separate ways. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name. And can everybody say amen? Come on. God bless you. We're going to sing this song. You're dismissed. But if you want to pray, you can stay there or you can come on up. Because we believe God can change. He can change you today. If you want to come, come on. God will heal sexuality. Woo! Yes, He will. Jesus, set free. Come on, if you still need prayer, come on. Let us pray for you today. Healing. Woo! Jesus. Come on, put up the words. Let's just sing it as we close today. Yes, Lord, do it, God. We lift it high in the world. We lift it high in the We lift it high. Come on, can you put up the words so they can see it, brother? Jesus. If you need prayer, come on down here. We lift 
Let Jesus set you free. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. For singing my life. In my life. Yes, God, be lifted high. Be lifted. Come on, in our world. In our world. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Heal, God. Heal every person that's been broken sexually, God. Whether it was done to them or done to themselves, heal. Heal, God, every person. Every life. Every life, God. Jesus, heal. Heal, God. Heal, Lord. today my life belongs to Jesus I will be pure I'll live like he told me I'll be like he wants me to be thank you Jesus say this as we get ready to start the wedding we're going to start the wedding in 10 minutes at 12:40. but let me say this we have three life groups tonight with your name all over it if you're a single mom we got a single mom's life group tonight five o'clock if you're married and you got to get some stuff off your chest to make it right or just to strengthen your marriage we got a marriage life group tonight at five o'clock and if you say, Pastor, I'm neither married nor a single woman, but I want to get closer to God, we have Encounter Night Life Group here at the church at 5 o'clock. So you can come back and pray. See, we're about life groups outside of church getting together. Okay, so Sister Lauren, she's right here, single moms. Check her out. Ricky and Rachel are in the back. They'll help you with the married life group. I think Humberto and Kirsten are going there, so you can find some of the guys. You going tonight, Salvador? Salvador, wave your hand, please. One of our deacons will be there tonight. And then Encounter Night Life Group for those who want to just pray and get radical for God. Rudy, raise your hand. He'll tell you all about it. Amen? Let's praise the Lord today. God bless you. We're going to start the wedding in about 10 minutes. If I could talk to the husband, wherever he's at, see you guys. Keep praying if you need it. Woo! 
was no big deal for girls and kids to park they were they were on uh, 